Hello there, I'm Patrick Struff. Welcome to M&A Masters, where I speak with the leading experts in mergers and acquisitions. And we're all about one thing here, that's a clean exit for owners, founders, and their investors. Today, I'm joined by Laura Sims, who handles business development at Straight. Straight is a fund solutions provider offering a full range of financial solutions to hedge funds, private equity, family offices, and alternative asset managers. From their Dallas headquarters, Straight delivers fund administration, middle office operations, CFO suite services, and regulatory compliance services, just to name a few. And in this era where more private equity and other organizations are looking to add to outsourcing, uh, Straight comes at a time that's uh, no better than right now. So I'm very happy to have Laura join me here. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Patrick, thanks for the opportunity. So before we get into straight, let's set the table. Let's tell us about yourself personally. How did you get to this point in your career? Sure, absolutely. Well, um, born and raised, uh, first generation Texan. Um, although my family's roots are from Hawaii and both the West and East Coast. And um, it was a privilege of mine to complete my undergraduate degree from the University of Texas in Austin. Um, so after that time, during the Great Recession, I moved to the Midwest to pursue some nonprofit work. Um, next, I spent a handful of years as an operator of a small business. I then transitioned um, my career into inv the investment management space and ran investor relations for a private multifamily office. When my husband um, was deployed to the Middle East, with the Army National Guard, we then made the decision to return to Texas. And at that time, around 2017, I joined Straight, um, was really attracted by their entrepreneurial culture, their audacious growth goals, and just the ability to use my operational and client experience to advise prospective clients there. So when I joined, we were about 26 professionals and um, now we are a team of around 60. So I've enjoyed um, my time there, the opportunity to run business development efforts. And what I really value is, is our partnership approach so um, that we provide for our clients and have found such great satisfaction in working in the middle market space with fund managers, advising them and really helping them through that fund launch process as well as working with established managers and helping them convert to our offering, which is extremely high quality and high touch. Um, when I'm not working, I pursue interests in health, wellness, and fitness, as well as um, really enjoy volunteering in my community, which I now do through the Junior League and Dallas Museum of Art. And um, in the future, uh, my husband and I plan to start a foundation to address areas of mental health, caring for veterans, and assisting those who are in need. You originally joined straight. Um, you said you went from 26 to 60. How, how long has that period been? How long have you been with straight? So I joined the firm in 2017. Okay. So uh, about two and a half years. It's a lot. That's a lot of growth. That know, is. Absolutely. It's been great to be a part of, for sure. That's impressive. Well, let's talk about straight. And... You could tell a lot about a company and their, their core and their founder's vision 
Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times it's something as simple as the name. How, you know, tell us about straight, what it is that they're doing with the middle market, but start with the name and, and, and paint a picture for us. Yeah, absolutely. So straight. So the definition of straight is a narrow passage of water, which connects two larger bodies of water. So straight was founded to be just that. We are that passage that connects an industry leading team of experts with our clients in order to provide best in class fund services. So for us, it was imperative to establish this culture of true partnership that's grounded in ethical business practices, which really starts with our team and then extends to our clients. So our goal, we like to say, is to be the one service provider that's on the asset side of our clients' balance sheets. And so we do this by investing in the best technology, hiring exceptional talent, and anticipating our clients' needs and building those trusted relationships. Now, one thing about investing in technology, and we're seeing that in spades right now, is Mm -hmm. as companies have had to adjust to be work, work remotely, if you've got weaknesses, either you know just simple connectivity or other issues like that, that you can't hide from those. And That's right. You could you could you could push those under the rug for a while when everybody's all in in a team in in house. But once you diversify out, that gets that gets real tough. Now, in addition to you know that that te- technological advantage, okay, what else does Straight bring to the table? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um you know, what you're probably going to hear me say a lot during our conversation is partner. So um, we really view ourselves as a partner to our clients. We want to feel like an extension of their team, you know, that we're just a couple offices down or, you know, a few floors down. So we've really earned the reputation for being the trusted partner of choice for private investment advisors and managers who are seeking that quality personalized service provided by just a team of really experienced professionals. So um, straight, we provide a integrated middle and back office platforms, which for our clients translates into reduced costs and really a flawless efficiency of deliverables that their investors can trust. So straight, we're rooted in our values and we are a partner for our clients really our team and extending out to the community. So our mission has always been to protect investors and um, reduce risk in the global financial system. So for us, accuracy is king. And we are so proud to say that we have not had a restatement in our firm's 14 and a half year history. We also provide an exceptional user experience through our process-driven partnership approach as we talked about before, our advanced technology and really our team of industry experts. We hire people that are extremely driven, have that achiever mentality. Um, our, Our team of professionals is comprised of CPAs or those pursuing their CPAs. At the staff level, all of our folks either have their accounting degree or their finance degree. And at the leadership, um, we bring in folks with, you know, extensive experience in the fund administration field or who've worked internally at a private equity or hedge fund before. You know, our manager, Stacey Relton, has really done a phenomenal job at creating this type of culture at our firm. 
hiring the right people is so important for straight that no one person comes into the firm without being interviewed by Stacy. So what she looks for are these intangibles, um, ensuring that their values align with ours, which are ethics above all else, owning the business, pursuing mastery, relationships may, um, matter and giving back. So, you know, we feel like if we hire the right people, give them a great work-life balance, our people are going to take care of our clients. So additionally, our institutional platform, FIS Investran, is the gold standard in private equity accounting and investor reporting. So we offer this technology, our boutique level of service, white globe approach to all of our clients, from the emerging manager to the established global investment firm. So no matter your size, we're going to take care of you. We're going to give you all the bells and whistles of the big shop, um, but with that really boutique service. I think, and I'm, I'm not as familiar with this, just in the logistics of this, mm-hmm. but the smaller private equity firms, are the, if, if they don't have in-house accounting, they have to, they're, they're going out to a CPA firm that, you know, obviously the bigger firms are going to cost a lot more. They're, they run the risk of going to a, a regional or a local CPA firm that may not have all the capabilities and all the knowledge, right? Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. You know, you may have a team of bookkeepers, um, obviously not at the CPA firms, but with us, you get that fund expertise because fund accounting is, is very niche. And so our team does it every day, right? So we're experienced with the fund accounting, with the investor reporting, and because we've made the steep investments and this, you know, gold standard in technology, um, it just helps out our clients because we can slice and dice and provide reporting customized to how they want. And then their investors, especially on the institutional side, are very familiar with Investran already. So they're comfortable with the platform, they're comfortable with the investor portal, and, and we're passing this technology to every one of our clients, no matter your size. Something that you've said multiple times now, and I want to underline this because this is not a small deal. This is a big deal, but you talk about the importance of partnership. And mm-hmm. uh, there's there's a real strong sense with this. And it's something that I think a lot of us, we're all service providers in this world right now, one, one capacity or another. But what separates a, you know, a service provider from what we want to be as a partner is where you look to your clients and say, hey, you know, you're, you're not just a source of revenue for us. We are partners together. We have our interests don't just overlap. They're, they're integral. And mm-hmm. we have every interest in you reaching your goals and, and succeeding. And if we are you know, tied in directly with your, your success, I mean, we're joined at the hip. That's a deep, deep commitment. Let's mm-hmm. go a step further in this. And, and I'm, I'm not certain, but I would think that because of what you're doing, you're almost in a fiduciary capacity where, you know, you are, you owe a duty of care to your clients. And so I think where, you know, it's, it's the ethics that you underline and it's not enough just to go ahead and have a a good committed version of that and, and be, uh, have a desire. You have to execute. And so what you're doing is you're setting this up so you can execute with technology and not have, uh, you know, the the bugs or other systems that that are problematic and then you can move forward with them. 
It also sounds to me like you're also set where you will help firms that you know need to outsource because they just don't have the capacity, they don't have the talent, they don't have that. But yeah. as they start growing, well, you can scale with them. Right. Why bring those services in-house if they're working beautifully, seamlessly? Right. And then because you can grow with them. That's the case? Absolutely. Okay. The other thing that I noticed is going to be an issue coming up is going to be talent and how, you know, if you're trying to set up and have the internal accounting systems, the internal compliance controls and so forth, where are you going to find those people and how are you going to vet them and how do you know that they are going to be, you know, as committed and able to execute? They don't have to do that. They just go right to you. That's absolutely correct. So, Although, I, I'm sorry, I hope I didn't rain on your parade and steal all your thunder. But why don't you give, give me some examples of, you know, where you delivered, um, you know, for your clients. So give us a case, case or two of, you know, what, what you do. Sure. Well, and, and Patrick, you kind of even touched on that. So, you know, we have a lot of success stories within our firm and among our clients. And, and one I'll highlight is a client that launched their fund in 2013 um, from the DFW Metroplex. And when they decided to outsource, Straight was their fund admin, and that was back in 2015. So when we onboarded them, we created an institutional platform from day one, allowing them to really focus on growing their assets, building their track record. Um, and now this firm has made over 100 transactions, manage is over 3.7 billion in committed capital, um, this client is very well known in the industry. Um, not only do they provide straight as a referral, you know, to their peers launching a new fund, looking for a service provider because they're so satisfied at the work that we've done for them. But when I'm out in the market, you know, talking to prospective clients, part of our process is providing references, client references. When it, Whenever I mention this client, it's always, you know, um, super positive remarks on behalf of this prospective client and really just increases our level of expertise in their eyes because of, you know, the success with this client. So that's, so that's one. And then, you know, that was a new kind of um, fun launch that we worked with. Um, we also work with a lot of conversions, you know, someone who they've been in business for a while or they are un happy with their level of service. You know, we talk about the middle market. Patrick, you and I have talked it before, about it before, how it's just a market that is that is overlooked. And um, often in our space, they're paying really high fees, but not giving the service that they need and desire. So we'll see a lot of those folks um, come over to straight. And we've, you know, from large clients to small clients, we have the ability to process large amounts of, of data and kind of do that operational cleanup, you know, in the middle market. I, I personally love working with these folks. There's that entrepreneurial spirit. People are rolling up their sleeves and just going after it. Um, maybe they're a deal guy. Maybe they're, you know, entrepreneur doing private equity firm, independent sponsorship, but they haven't really been focused on the accounting, the operation side. Well, we could come in do the operational cleanup, reduce those pain points that they are experiencing, um, bringing them up to speed on, on industry standards, which then elevates their investor experience and, and really sets them up for you know, future growth. 
We'll take time to help them understand the accounting side, help them understand the operational requirements and compliance requirements as a fund. So that's kind of part of that, you know, partnership approach where we really go above and beyond. If someone has a question, we, we have the relationship where, you know, they just call someone on our team and they can ask the question and we'll consult, we'll advise and help them through, you know, issues that they're experiencing. What's the biggest, and this is completely unscripted or anything, but what's the biggest problem that your clients have? Is it going to be on the accounting side, a compliance issue, tax? Is there anything that really grabs it? I, I can imagine just personally, I can't stand accounting. Okay. I respect it. I know it's necessary. You know, and, and I rightly have that outsource, but I, I can imagine if there's any discomfort for entrepreneurs. Right. You know, I mean, I would say because we service so many different types of funds. We're agnostic to size and strategy. So the problems and the challenges can be different for each. You know, we can speak to the regulatory issues. If you are a registered fund, you have to abide by, you know, everything the SEC puts out. And that gives a lot of, you know, executives heartburn, right? Am I doing everything right? Am I following the law to a T? So what our team has done is um, we have a compliance division. Um, our, our head of compliance, we relocated him from Bloomberg. He was a compliance officer there and he built out our full compliance program. So those regulatory challenges that people face, especially as you know, regulations change and update, such as this year, we saw a lot of changes regarding Cayman um, privacy law um, their AML regulations, SEMA, and um, our team did a lot of diligence getting our clients up to speed to that and aligning them where they needed to. So, you know, there's there's definitely those pain points in the compliance area. You mentioned accounting. Um, you know, maybe we're nerds and we enjoy the accounting, but um, we definitely take that, you know, off of the plate for our clients, but really pain points can come on the compliance side, making sure that you are doing, you know, everything right and correct. Yeah, as a matter of fact, just Bloomberg issued a report where it's concerned with mergers and acquisitions for companies that have either been getting the, uh, the PPP loan for uh, paycheck protection or uh, the employee retention tax credit. And if we've got companies on, you know, doing one or the other when they combine, what happens. And even the government doesn't know yet because they're still waiting for guidelines. And so you've got this thing that's constantly moving and you've got to keep your fingers on the pulse. That's right. And even if a client isn't engaged with straight for compliance, they have access to all of our experts. So we're keeping our clients up to speed on all of these new regulations, issues coming out, like you mentioned, regard to PPE. And so our team is is keeping everyone abreast of what's going on and, and making sure that, you know, people are in line with, with what's coming out. Well, we've got a lot of listeners, both on the entrepreneurial side and in the, in the private equity space and so forth. Define for us, give me a description of your ideal client. Who, who, who can straight best serve? Right. So what's great about straight is 
you know, for us, the accounting is the accounting. So that allows us to be agnostic to size and strategy. And because we've invested in the top shelf technology, our systems have the ability to process, you know, most every asset class out there. However, in terms of AUM, our ideal would probably be funds with committed capital of 100 million up to multi-billion. However, we do work with smaller funds such as VC, which typically launches maybe around 50 million. Some examples of strategies we service on the private equity side are buyout, mezzanine, growth capital, distressed, oil and gas, minerals, real estate venture, hybrid fund of funds. So we really do most everything. You know, this isn't an exhaustive list. As you shared at the beginning, we we also service hedge funds, family offices. We work with independent sponsors. Gotcha. With the in uh, in terms of uh, geography, re- regional, nationwide, what's your reach? Great question. So you know, we are headquartered here in Dallas and have a fair amount of clients in Texas. However, our our client reaches nationwide. So we have a fair share of our AUA assets under administration in the Northeast and, and really sprinkled throughout the U.S. I'd focus on the Rocky Mountain area and in the Midwest. There just seems to be a lot of flight of capital and organizations and, and, and just talent getting away from the, the higher tax states and in, into those uh, quality of life sections of the country. Right. Patrick, what's really interesting is just this week, I talked to maybe three prospects out of Colorado. Um, I don't know if it was coincidence, but yeah, new, new launches in, in Colorado. No, that's now, I, I guess one of them is vacationing there, but. Okay. Well, yeah, that's where that, that maybe Montana, they'll go, go look at right. those places over there. So we will see, but it's, it's, it is an issue being based in, in Silicon Valley, how much uh, uh, talent and opportunities were, you know, going down south into Southern California, and now they're actually moving east into Eastern Nevada, and then into Utah and Colorado. So we could we could see uh, quite a bit more out of there, and that's going to be. I I think that's just because thanks to technology and a lot of other things that facilitates it. That's right. Yeah. The um, as an issue, and I, I look at this just being an insurance guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does the subject of insurance as, as part of the overall with compliance or whatever, is it played it straight or what, what do you observe on that, if anything? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, to be honest, we don't deal much with compliant, excuse me, insurance issues on behalf of our clients. What we do see at our level is DNO and ENO. Um, we'll process insurance payments on behalf of our clients because we serve as the treasury function, um, but we're not necessarily involved in insurance-related challenges our clients may face. I will say, though, during the pandemic, we've had a lot of look back to policies to see how COVID-type events are covered. Um, However, you know, our space is so niche. I would love to hear your thoughts on how you think insurance and, and different related matters could could benefit our clients. Yeah, I think the, the area, particularly with, with private equity being it, uh, the, the sole function of private equity or the big function is to you know, acquire companies, add value to them, and then secure an exit at, at a point 
well north of where, where they started from. And so mergers and acquisitions, those transactions uh, have been insured traditionally in the last several years by a product called rep and warranty insurance. The biggest development and why we're reaching out as straight does to the middle market and the lower middle market is that the threshold for eligibility for rep and warranty insurance, which really accelerates the process of, of closing successfully, it eliminates uh, all, or virtually eliminates the need for escrows. There's no fear of clawback of proceeds post-closing if there's a breach of the refs. It's just a, a backstop for both sellers and buyers. It's an ideal tool that, that private equity has embraced. Right. Only though at the $100 million transaction threshold and up. Mm-hmm. Right? In the last 18 months though, because of competition, because uh, among insurance companies, with the success of the product in terms of claims, there are a lot fewer claims paid, not because they're excluded, but just are a lot fewer claims that are happening because the diligence is so good that, mm-hmm. you know, is a, a very successful product financially. And so the, the pricing and the costs have fallen along with the thresholds. Now we're able to see transactions that are 15 million to 30 million. I mean, these are, you know, add-ons that can now be insured where, with an add-on, perhaps it didn't make sense to spend three, four hundred thousand dollars in cost for a rep and warranty policy. But if it's under two hundred thousand dollars, all of a sudden that's check the box. Particularly with buyers and sellers, a lot of times they negotiate and they share the cost of it anyway. So it's, it's a win-win. The more information we get out about that, mm-hmm. uh, it, we we're trying to do that largely because lower middle market, middle market market companies are getting overlooked. And if they default and go to the brand large institutional firms who are great, we need somebody to insure Disneyland. We need somebody to handle, you know, uh, the billion dollar Walmart acquisitions, you know, Mm -hmm. to them as an add-on. But for these smaller companies, they don't get serviced well and they get overcharged with fees because the premiums are so low, the commissions are equally low. So the large institutional insurance firms have to charge fees in addition. That's a cost add you don't need particularly for the lower middle market. And, you know, it's better to come in in, in, at that level. The other comment I'm going to do on my soapbox, particularly with directors and officers liability Mm -hmm. is, and it's something that you should look at is with mergers and acquisitions, the, the, the target company has to purchase a DNO tail. They have to have Mm -hmm. a policy that will last for three to six years after uh, closing of the transaction, just in case any wrongful acts pre-closing uh, get uh, get brought in litigation against the former board. There are a lot of DNO policies on real Main Street uh, standard carriers that are out there that will only give you a one year tail, hmm. maybe a two. That's not going to help if you need six. And so you need products or somebody that has the capability there. And that's with DNO. That's a uh, a very common thing. A lot of times we find that you got sole owners of industrial companies never needed it. Uh, DNO policy because they were the only shareholder, or they and their spouse were the shareholders. They didn't need DNO. Now all of a sudden they come up to sell their company and they need it. You know, those are the types of things we really relish getting in because we want to be as with you, the entrepreneurs, uh, the folks that really created something out of nothing, to have something so they can get a clean exit. And so that's that's the area that we get in with the insurance, and it's been it's been just a great ride. In, in this sector. I focused in, in this sector starting in 2015, and it's been an absolute joy. You know, I always 
ask about what you see for trends and, and so forth in and around private equity or M&A. Uh, as we record this, we're at the, I would call it the end of the beginning of COVID-19. We're steadily reopening and there's, you know, fits and starts no matter where you are. Um, you're, in, you're in Texas, so I, I know that maybe not everybody's back at the office yet, even though you're, you're leaps and bounds ahead of California. Um, but, you know, what do you see trend-wise, either in light of COVID, not in light of COVID, but what do you see, you know, out there that, that you can share? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. And I can certainly share what we see among our client base, as well as, you know, what I'm just hearing in the market. So for one, force majeure clauses and their effectiveness have been a big um, topic. Also valuation in terms of downside and illiquids like oil and gas interests. Among our private equity clients, valuations, not surprising, have been hurt during the pandemic. Um, but as you know, for for us at the fund level, you know, it's a long-term investment and thankfully everyone has been able to weather the storm. So we didn't see much M&A activity happening. We did see activity though. We, we saw deals get done um, both on the acquisition and exit. However, these were deals that were already in motion pre-COVID. Um, I, I was recently talking with one of our clients and he focuses, um, his firm focuses on the lower middle market in Texas and surrounding areas. And for them, deal flow, he said, has been surprisingly steady. Things did slow in, in March and April, but everything still remains on track for the year. So um, they invest in, in niche manufacturing, healthcare services, and business and industrial services. Key trends that we kind of see in the market, we touched on this at the beginning, and obviously it's what we do, but the um, demand for outsourcing and um, all and additionally acceleration in adopting um, technology and then just an even greater focus on cybersecurity. So demand for outsourcing has been on the rise in recent years. However, the move to remote working and the fall off fallout from the pandemic has only accelerated this trend, right? So this surge in demand is not only expected in the fund admin space, but also areas such as HR and IT. So why is this important to M&A? Well, outsourcing enables sponsors to focus on fundraising and supporting their portfolio companies, which is essentially um, which, excuse me, which is especially important for smaller firms with limited in-house resources. So investors more and more are desiring to partner with GPs that are able to focus most all of their time on investment decisions and leave the back office operations to a team of experts like Straight. Um, digital collaboration, as most everyone has experienced during the pandemic and as you and I are doing now, um, communication and document sharing tools are vital and extremely helpful. Um, this is especially true for GPs, LPs, and other service providers during this time of quarantine. Um, you know, GPs have been hosting investor presentations via video and have that critical need to sign things digitally. So these changes were already 
happening slowly in our industry, but because of the pandemic, we've been forced to move forward in this area. And I was reading a, a survey that Private Equity International put out and they said 50% of GPs and to intend to hold more online LP meetings once quote, normal business life returns. And then lastly, just with technology and cybersecurity. So with these digital collaboration functions and um, a greater demand for data among LPs and GPs, this brings a greater need for focus on cybersecurity and data protection. If firms fail to manage their cybersecurity risks, they could face regulatory sanctions, reputational damage or liabilities to third parties, which could really impact the value of an investment. And we all know cybersecurity has been a hot topic and it's very much so a hot topic for investors and and often asked in the DDQ and ODD process. We field a lot of those questions when we're on calls with prospective investors of our clients. Yeah, I'm going to put a shameless plug in for insurance here. I'm sorry, I do apologize. But, you know, with cybersecurity, we're noticing just the amount of capital being raised by firms in cybersecurity space, the number of acquisitions by strategic by strategics and private equity to bring in a, a, a cybersecurity company or cyber, cybersecurity talent to then mm-hmm. augment uh, the, the cybersecurity of the portfolio. Okay. There's another hedge to all of that. And there's an insurance policy called cyber liability that pays not only for the damages arising from a breach and that's just loss of um, uh, confidential information getting out, but it's going to pay the compliance uh, fines and penalties that will follow a breach. It also has business interruption, which is free from the COVID business interruption and a lot of other you know, uh, crime coverage that's uh, from, from hacking, ransomware, that kind of stuff. It's a great underlying uh, product. And the beautiful thing about it, it's not expensive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so as we see that important going, you, you, you've got to really invest on that cyber, cyber infrastructure, but this is the back, you know, just the hedge on that. It, Absolutely. I, think I, I, I completely agree because that's the, a, a number of the acquisitions we've been seeing are tech companies specializing in cybersecurity. Right. And Laura, with all this going on, which is all fabulous, you know, so we're, we're turning lemons into lemonade here with what's going on. How can our audience reach you to learn more about you and straight and, and have a quick go for uh, a conversation? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to, to chat with anyone interested in straight our services. Um, and they can visit our website, straightcapital.com. That's www.straitcapital.com. And I'd be happy to take their email at laura.sims at straightcapital.com. Two M's for Sims, just so you know. What's that? Two, two M's for Laura Sims. Two M's, yes, that's right. L-A-U-R-A dot S-I-M-M-S at S-T-R-A-I-T-C-A-P-I-T-L dot com. Well, Laura, thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I, I hope you had as much fun as I did today. Absolutely. And I greatly encourage you to check out Laura at Straight, at Straight Capital. Thanks, Patrick.